Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we're looking at Wednesday night content here for you guys in the NBA as we've got some pretty nice games for you guys here. Three to go on Wednesday night slate in the playoffs as we roll along. We are going to be taking a look at our best bets in this video from all of these games. Also have a player props video up for you with a couple picks there from all of them as well. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also head to thelines.com. We're throwing all the picks up there as well. And we also have our odds finder tool on the site that you can use to make sure you are getting the best odds available to you from all these books, giving us bets in the NBA this season. Nate, running real quick through what we did here on Tuesday night and some interesting games. We had the Hawks and the Celtics. You thought that was going to go over. It did not go over 229 because for some reason the Hawks continued to be unable to score. Uh, the Knicks, we thought would cover. They did not, but we knew that game was going to go under 214. Uh, so one for one there. And then Nate had a really, really nice parlay for you guys with Phoenix Moneyline, book to get 25, KD to get 25, and DeAndre Ayton coming through with 10 boards. That was plus 300 there for you guys if you tell that uh, and obviously uh, I also thought somebody would win by less than five points in that Knicks and Cavs game and that did not hit uh, as the Knicks failed to bring their offense to Cleveland in game two so we will look to improve upon that just a bit here on Wednesday night Nate let's jump right into your first best bet of the night yeah i um, looking at this Bucks heat game and looking at regression offensively uh, they totaled 247 in game one but I'm going under 219 in game two here and Giannis not playing for potentially an entire game could play a role in that. He's listed as doubtful, but I mean, everybody says, you know, tread lightly. They've listed him as doubtful plenty of times this season before, and he still played. I, I don't know. I mean, if he, he tried to come back on the floor twice in, or something in game one, and he just tried to get through it, he couldn't. Um, so, and look, even if he's out there last season in the playoffs, at home, Bucks averaged 104 at home and gave up 104. You know, their pace was 99. They had poor shooting splits. They shot 33% from deep. So did their opponents. So, and then and overall in the playoffs, they went 10 and 2 to the under. That's with Giannis playing. Um, it, obviously, the Heat are an under team in the, in the playoffs last year. Their games averaged 204. They played at a 94 pace. They only allowed 11 threes. They only hit 11 threes. And that's where the regression is coming. I mean, Miami shot, uh, what, 60%, 15 for 25 from three in game one. They're not a good three-point shooting team, and they just lost Tyler Hero for the entire series. Um, Kyle Lowry was not really a factor, so we're going to see a lot more Gabe Vincent, who's a inferior offensive player compared to Lowry um, and, and a little bit better of a defender. No Hero means somebody's going to be a better defender out there for the Heat. He is their weakest link on defense. Jimmy Butler also just going off, being being playoff Jimmy uh, with 35 and 11 in game one. But he averaged 14 and a half points per game with a 90 offensive rating when they got swept by the Bucks two years ago in the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily expecting him to continue crushing. Um, but, but I mean, that these teams met actually twice in Miami without Giannis in the regular season. Both games were very slow, um, what, 91 pace. Both times, the Bucks, you know, they shot really well from three, which is exactly what you'd have to think. If they don't have Giannis, if they're not getting the free throw line, which they did not at all in that game, and they didn't give up any free throws either, then they got to get hot from three, right? And so they actually hit 41 threes in those two games on a huge volume. They took 105 threes 
And they hit a bunch, uh, but still those games totaled 210, 206. Miami won both. So not only the under, you might look at Miami plus six and the under here, um, depending how confident you feel about Giannis playing or being at all full speed. Uh, is I mean, it's it might even be worse for the Bucks if he goes out there and tries to play and it's just not <clears throat> his normal self. Um, you know, Milwaukee post All-Star break in the clutch, if this is another close game, if it's an under, you think it's a close game, right? Milwaukee was 29th in defensive rating in the clutch after the all-star break. They still won seven of 12 close games because they were first in offensive rating, but Giannis had a 142 offensive rating in the clutch. And that's, you know, what they're going to lean on. Miami was number two defensively in the clutch after the all-star break. They are now in full Miami uh, playoff mode, right? Mucking it up. I just don't buy that this first game was high scoring. It was only played at a 99 uh, pace, I believe. So or so I, I just think as long as it's a reasonable pace and the Bucks don't try to go super fast without Giannis, uh, and Miami's going to try to tamp that down, right, with their slow pace, then, then we should be able to go under 219. Yeah, I think the only thing that you're worried about here, just to, to bring it up, is that the Bucks need to tweak how they play. Like, if Giannis plays, I almost prefer the under as well, because I do think that if he's playing um, a little bit hurt and, and not in his normal, you know, not his normal self, then there's the opportunity for that to really disrupt what the Bucks do. And to be honest, the Heat and Spolstra are game planning and have been game planning since they've lost to the Hawks, I imagine, uh, in the play-in tournament for Giannis being in there and how they're going to defend the Bucks with Giannis. Without him, you're just talking about a lot more probably three-point shooting on the floor, depending on who comes in there. If they're going small, then you have some combination of, of Allen and Connaughton in there um, and maybe a couple of West Matthew minutes as well. Otherwise, you've got... Bobby Portis playing more minutes, who's also a three-point shooter, and it can extend um, the, the defense a little bit more as well. So maybe there is a little bit more pace and space if Giannis is not in. But at the same time, like I do think there's some some bloated uh, projections for player props in there too. I think despite Jimmy going off in the first one, I do think that you know 28 and a half points is pretty high for him in a game that I think they'll be focused on him a little bit more, especially without Hero in there to worry about. Um, I do like Gabe Vincent a lot, and, and I I mean. He might be inferior on offense to what Kyle Lowry used to be, um, but I think they're probably pretty close now. But he is a much better defender, and he's going to be getting 34 to 35, 36 even minutes in this game, especially without Tyler Hero, and he was their point guard playing 34 minutes in game one as well. So I think they're used to having Gabe Vincent out there. Uh, I know Hero went down in the second quarter, probably contributed to to Gabe Vincent getting a few more minutes as well. But either way, like, yeah, less less shooting, more defense um, and uh, for the Heat in this game. And then on the other side of the ball, the only thing you're worried about is more shooting for them. But I mean, Giannis is so important. And, and I think the Heat, I think they're just locked in, man. This is, you know, this is a, a series that they believe that they can win, especially with, you know, they smell blood in the water with Giannis. And, and I also do like them to get six and a half points here, even if Giannis does play and is a little bit hobbled. Um, like I said, I think they're game planning for that and they're ready to go and they're not taking any nights off. So uh, I'm going to move on to my pick here, Nate, which might feel a little fishy because it's about the Lakers beating the Grizzlies without Ja Morant, which we think is going to happen. Ja's doubtful. Um, and I'll say that my, my pick here straight up is you know I am going to put uh, a bit more on the Lakers to just win at, uh, and take with the spread there minus one basically a pick them. Uh, I, I feel comfortable adding.
adding a few points to it in an alt spread as well. I do agree with you that um, the the Grizzlies are going to come out and have a lot to play for. I do believe that in, in the sort of fire that they're going to bring at home with or without John Morant, and that that'll be something that they bring. But I also think similar to the Heat in the East, like the Lakers and Heat, there's a lot of similarities there, right? Like seven seed, seven seed. Uh, both teams believe that they can beat the team that they're playing. They played in the finals just three years ago. Um, and, at, you know, at this point, like I, the, should the Lakers be a higher seed than the Grizzlies in this iteration of them. So much has changed, you know, down the stretch for them to get where they are being one of the best teams in the league in the last 15, 20 games. Um, and I, I do, you know, I, 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 the total is a little bit low for a, a game between these two teams that consistently goes over 240. but the times that it doesn't is either LeBron's not playing or Jaws not playing. And if Jaws not playing, uh, that's a, that combined with, um, the fact that I think that the Grizzlies are going to need to find defense in a way that, I mean, I don't know where they find it. They don't have anybody on their bench to provide it for them in terms of down low defense without Brandon Clark and without Steven Adams. It's too big, man. That's too big misses there that, that they're just not going to be able to overcome. In my opinion, you saw them get dominated on the boards uh, in the first game. They got, they gave up 22 uh, second chance points. They lost the rebounding battle. They gave up 22 points off of turnovers as well for the Grizz. I think they can turn that down, which would also diminish a bit of the fast break points there at 26 uh, for the Lake show, which they had in the last game. So I understand that like if the Lakers are going to be I don't think they're going to be withheld necessarily. I think the Grizzlies are focused on trying to do that. Uh, and as a result, they're also not necessarily going to be able to score quite as much without Ja as they just went completely dry in the second half of the last game. Maybe Xavier Tillman gets a few more minutes. He only played 21. Santi Aldama got absolutely mauled all over the place by Anthony Davis and should really not be anywhere near him when he's on the court if they want to be successful in trying to stop this Lakers offense. Uh, but the Lakers also just got back, or, you know, sort of sped up the game so much uh, that, you know, it was 100, what, 104 and a half pace for most of this game, which is actually what these teams are playing at in their last uh, five games against each other. The one game that they went a little bit under, LeBron wasn't there. The other game um, that was still over 238, but went a little bit slower was without Jaws as well. So I'm certainly not indicating this should go under. Uh, I'm indicating that uh, I'd like the Lakers to be able to score, and I don't like the Grizzlies to be able to do that. Um, I know that the Grizzlies are going to sell out to try to stop the the uh, the Lakers around the rim a lot more. They're going to have to, or they're just going to have to hope that a ton of threes go in from guys like Luke Kennard. But I just, I just don't see the game plan for victory without Ja, who he's injured his right hand. It's not his left hand. It's the one he shoots with. So like, I, I don't know how you can assume that he's, I, I think it's more likely that Giannis figures out a way to play than Ja Moran essentially. Uh, and that the Lakers should be able to handle this game. If you, if you want to juice it up to like minus three on DraftKings, just two more points. It's you get all the way up to plus one fifteen on your odds there, which just, nice a little bit better than the minus 110 or 115 you get for them to just win by one so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit both of them with a few more units just on the uh on the regular spread there of minus one yeah i mean if ja plays if Giannis plays it's the same kind of situation where we actually feel better about the team losing uh that that needs their star to play but you're totally right i mean you can't play with a broken wrist and especially even if it was his non-shooting arm like he can't continue to be aggressive which is what he does right so, I mean, I, I'm in a similar mode here uh, where I think the Lakers are going to win. And I like that you're juicing the odds, but I think you put a little bit of money on something small like that to cover yourself. And then you go big here with the Lakers trailing at halftime, but win the game plus 470. And that is nice and juicy at FanDuel. Um, you know, we've tried this a couple times, but I think right here, 
it is a good bet um, because we expect the Grizzlies backs against the wall. Like Triple J is going to get his Defensive Player of the Year award, and the building's going to be rocking, and they are very good at home. We expect them to come out hot, uh, but you know, eventually to to really be missing John Morant, and it's not the same situation as last year where they lost him against the Warriors. Uh, but I mean, they still did trail. You know, they blew a, a small three point halftime lead in their first game without him at Golden State. Of course, then they crushed the Warriors in Game Five, but that was just a veteran team taking a nap. And then once again, close halftime game. They only scored forty five in the second half without Ja. 95 offensive rating for the game, and they lost that one by double digits to the Warriors. So you could cash both bets, what we're saying here, alternate spread, and the Lakers to just pull away in the second half, much like I talked about with the Bucks. The Grizzlies are pretty damn good in the clutch at home yeah. since the All-Star break, but Ja has the sixth highest usage rate and, the, and a 40% assist rate in the clutch. Uh, so you go, okay, well, somebody else is going to step up, but Bain's efficiency drops from 123 to a 109 offensive rating without him. J- Triple J, five worse uh, in terms of offensive rating. Uh, Dylan Brooks never has a good offensive rating, but his usage rate rises because he's like, I got this, guys. And if you're a Memphis fan, you do not want to see that. And the biggest difference from last year is there's just not a bench anymore for Memphis, right? I mean, it's like, yeah, like Santi Aldama, Big Body Roddy. Like, these are guys that are going to just throw at Anthony Davis for food, uh, and it's going to be a problem. Last year, they had that huge record without job. This year, 13-9, and nine, and down the stretch, they did blow a 19-point lead to NOLA, uh, which is exactly what we're talking about here. They also blew a small halftime lead with the backups out there against OKC. Look, but a, a larger sample size here, in the third quarter specifically without job. They're, they're getting outscored 32 and a half to 27. So it is that type of thing where they might come out hot, but they're not going to be able to sustain it without their best player. And the Lakers, as a veteran team, as a really, really deep team now, they just have such a huge advantage in terms of depth, right, since the trade deadline. Uh, I, I think they will be able to pull away in the second half once again. The only question is, will they be trailing at halftime, which is why I think you do want to hedge it a little bit. With with just the minus one or the minus three, like Josh is talking about. Yeah, and I hear you on that too. I mean, this is this is definitely worth it. I, I love finding these because you know you can sort of bank on um, one team being a little bit more focused uh, and have a little bit more motivation in the first half, and that would be the case in this game as well. So I would feel good about it. It is crazy to see those uh, clutch numbers for the the Grizzlies since you know in basically their last like 15 20 games but yeah Ja played in the majority of those that they that they re, uh, that they were in the clutch uh, and was pretty huge so yeah I would say that this is an opportunity to to fade them in the second half essentially and, and definitely be watching this game for some live angles as well from that standpoint like perhaps a first quarter especially the Grizz come out uh, and dominate the first quarter uh, and, and I would agree with that and we'll see if they can sustain it in the second but I, I do like what you pointed out about the third quarter being the one that they really just let things fall. And that's what we saw in game one as well. So maybe we'll see that again here in game two and some really nice odds at about five to one on your money. So uh, let's finish things off with, I'm just going to, cheat here and go with a player prop Nate because uh, I think there's some good props out there tonight and I didn't want to use all three of the ones that I was uh, looking at here in in our player props video but thought I'd bring out the Aaron Gordon prop that you you definitely pointed out to me uh, and I would agree with it and at first I was kind of like what are we seeing here but 14 and a half points for him is minus 105 so first of all that's pretty good juice for him to get 15 um, when he just got 13 points in 23 minutes against Minnesota like some of the trouble with 
capping this game is that we don't have a use case to look at because game one was not a game of basketball. It was just whatever the Timberwolves were doing out there versus uh, a Denver Nuggets team that was kind of playing with its food as well and still managed to win by almost, you know, 30 points. So um, he's get, I expect him to get a bit more than 23 minutes. It's another reason why I would consider maybe like Ant going off. Somebody on the Timberwolves has to have a huge game between he and Cat after that game one, um, which should keep it a little bit closer and allow us to actually watch a basketball game that Aaron Gordon needs to play the you know required roughly 34 minutes that he's probably going to get throughout these playoffs uh, as the starting power forward. So the, the you know moving forward, like if you look at how he did in their last uh, couple playoff games, and you bank on that because they were playing the Dubs, and there was a few more competitive games in that series than we saw in in Game One. Um, he had 18 points a game in those uh, with about nine boards, three and a half assists. Now he he definitely could dominate the smaller uh, Dubs a little bit more as we're now seeing the Kings players do uh, against a team that only really has Draymond and Kevon Looney that can really start anywhere around center for them. A little different case here, obviously in Minnesota, uh, but it's not like Rudy was really in there doing much. He was really, he became the target almost uh, on defense for guys like Jokic uh, and at times even Gordon, to, you know, Gordon using his quickness and, be, and slitheriness to get around him. Joker just backing him down underneath the hoop. Um, and I think they'll continue to look at that as, as the way to go. It's another reason why the, the Timberwolves give up so many points to power forwards. I mean, even since Cat has come back it's gotten worse basically for them in terms of stopping the opposing teams you know for there and, and where Aaron Gordon plays giving up the fifth most points per game so uh, he also likes playing against many he averages his props tonight basically right like 15 and a half points per game in his last four versus the T-Wolves about seven boards 6.8 and then even four assists as well so maybe you consider the points rebounds and assists but I do like the juice at minus 105 I think it's a good odds for you to get him to at 15 points tonight against this Timberwolves team yeah, I mean, the fact that Minnesota goes big is actually encouraging because it means minutes, right? He's only got 28 minutes in those last four against the Wolves because some of them were blowouts. He does have a 16-rebound game, though, in there. Uh, and I just expect him to play 30-plus for sure. You saw the pace he was on before Minnesota didn't uh, show up in Game 1. Look, both of us are clearly steering away from this game when there's two other games to choose from in terms of handicapping it, like you said, because Minnesota is wildly unpredictable. But I will yeah. say that I don't think they're going to lose by like 20 or 30 again here. Um, so I do think Gordon will get enough time to hit these props. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And I think it's about, like you said, usage and minutes. Uh, as long as we have a decent basketball game here, uh, then we should be okay with, uh, with getting over on, on Aaron Gordon. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. 
Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Nate, let's jump right into your first NBA play prop, one of the show favorites, Mr. Drew Holiday. Yeah, and I think we want to quickly recap how we did last Please night, do. which was a 2-2 split. KD uh, did not get 33.5 points assist. Book went off, but we did hit that parlay with KD yet in 25. You were right. Kawhi did get over 36.5 points rebounds, despite the Suns making some good adjustments to get the win and to slow him down in the second half. Julius Randle does go under 23 and a half points because the Knicks got blowed out and that meant Jalen Brunson did not get 26, although he was on pace for it. So yeah, looking ahead here on Wednesday with Giannis doubtful, take that with a grain of salt. Sure. But I'm looking at Drew Holiday to get to really impact this game in a lot of ways and not just score. His scoring prop is 20 points, but I like 14 and a half rebounds and assists more at plus odds, plus 110 FanDuel. And would consider two steals and blocks from who the players just surveyed as the best defender in the NBA by a wide margin. Look, it's the playoffs. He steps up. He plays basically the entire game if they need him to. And they're definitely going to need him to with Giannis either hobbled or out. He he played 40 plus minutes in six straight against Boston. He only actually got 33, right? Or 34 against the Heat in game one. Still six, seven uh, rebounds and 16 assists and shot kind of poorly, but at 16 points. So the peripheral stats are there. You look at his last 11 regular season without Giannis, five rebounds, nine and a half assists, uh, 1.8 stocks. His usage rate spikes to 29%. He averaged 15 rebounds assists in those two against Miami without Giannis. Just the ball in his hands a lot more. But I expect the rebounds to go up more because I'm talking under in this game, 219. Uh, it's obviously, it's Miami. You, you Guards got to rebound. Everybody's got to get in there, right, to fight. And his last two without Giannis, Drew actually went up to eight and a half rebounds in the playoffs. La- I mean, since the finals in 21, averages six boards, eight assists, two and a half stocks. And that's with a lower usage rate. With the ball in his hands less uh, because Giannis has been playing in all those games. Um he also shot the ball better at home. But look, this is more about his defense, his impact, and just being the initiator of a different look offense if if the Bucs aren't able to play through Giannis as much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it. I, I think uh, the points are high, obviously, because of, of Giannis's status. And people uh, are aware that Drew's likely to score more if Giannis isn't in there. But um, I think e- even if you add the points and then Giannis doesn't play, 
Um, but you, you know, maybe you go the, the points, rebounds, and assists. It's not as good as of juice um, as what you know what you're saying. I think because it's high, I, I might consider it. The Giannis affects his points more than anything. I think is what we're saying here. And so you you get with the odds that you're getting and the juice back on 14 and a half rebounds and assists, not having to worry about if he plays or not because he's going to be doing his thing. Obviously, a few more rebounds available if Giannis doesn't play, so still helps his bets uh, without Giannis in the lineup for him, but I agree with the with the undertake in general, uh, so the points are, are something that are a little bit less uh, like less likely, basically, and, and, and I like the odds that you get for the other ones. So uh, I'm going to move on to AD here, and I'm going to go under on his points, rebounds, and assists because for some reason he's got like two, and they're, they're basically banking on him getting two assists. I know he got three in the first game, but it's like not what he does. Uh, so I wouldn't continue to bank on him to get those assists. So I like adding that to the points and rebounds there. Um, and it is just a normal minus 110 uh, on draft or minus 115 rather on draft Kings for him to get under 41 points, rebounds, and assists combined. And like uh, just, it's a little bit more about the, the flow of this game that I do like it to be a tad bit slower. I, I don't think the Lakers want to slow it down necessarily. I'm sure they're happy to go and go and go, but I think you'll see the Grizzlies more reluctant to go nearly as fast. So there's going to be a few less opportunities, a few less possessions than the 104.5 pace that they played at in that first game, which I think it will slow down a bunch or 101 and a half. It's been averaging 104 and a half pace that these two teams have played at in their last five. Um, but that's when they have both LeBron and John Morant in the game. So, so, um, I, like I said, I see it going much slower. He only got 37 in that first game. And look, like th- we know that the Grizzlies are much worse down low on defense when they don't have their starting center and their backup small ball and, and starting sort of small ball center uh, in, in Brandon Clark, who comes in there and helps out a lot as well. Both those guys out for this series and Clark for the season. Um, so I, I think even though you know, you're know you getting a little bit of a bloated total because they know that is where I'm coming from. Um, and, and as a result, like even though, you know, the, the Grizzlies have been a little bit worse against centers um, over the course of this, you know, last 15, 20 games that they haven't had their two big guys in. Uh, I, I do see, you know, a, a bit more of that of, of the defense being focused on that. And which is what I talk about in the best bets video as well. A lot more double teams from annoying guys like Dylan Brooks on top of having, um, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. behind uh, AD at that point. And also like I could see, hear me out, I could see some Kenny Lofton coming in. Like, who bothers An- uh, Anthony Davis more than a giant booty big man who's like six foot seven, who's just on his hip and really controlling his center of gravity a bit more? Give him 10 minutes. Like, just give it a shot is, is what I'm saying here. Um, and, and maybe you'll find something with it. But I, I do like him to go under just because maybe he doesn't even play the 37 minutes. I do like an alternate total for the Lakers to be able to win this game. There's going to be fewer shots going up, I believe, for the Grizzlies in general. So uh, the, the points, rebounds, and assists, just throw him in there because he's not going to be diving up anyway. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to look at like Austin Reeves or D'Angelo Russell in this game as well. Yeah. And then it just kind of occurred to me that the Lakers just have so many weapons right now. It's really hard to predict who's going to get their totals. Uh, So I think taking an under on LeBron or AD, I know you considered both because they are going to kind of start to, to, to pace themselves for this playoff run, right? They don't necessarily have to go out and get 40 uh, in this first round, if Memphis is a wounded duck and they're going to be able to, to to hopefully get, you know, they're going to try to win this in five games or less because they're going to need that rest. But that, I think they can do it with a balanced effort. So, yeah, <clears throat> my second pick is also in this Bucks heat game. And I guess it's also rebounds assists because I don't really trust points. But Bam Adebayo to get 13 of those bad boys is, is you know, pretty short odds because it seems incredibly likely. 
If you want better odds, a double-double is slightly plus money here, plus 105. Same thing, basically, for him to get 10 rebounds. I do think he'll be scoring. He's scoring 20 points a game his last eight against the Bucs. So Brooke Lopez has not been stopping him, even in the playoffs against the Bucs in his career. 17 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists. And uh, I know without Giannis, his assists dipped to just 1.5 the last two. Those games in Miami were mucked up. Um, but, I mean, Bam in the playoffs, averaging nearly four dimes a game. In general, playing 38 minutes. I just think that that's how Miami's going to be running their offense a lot more. We talk about Tyler Hero being out, Kyle Lowry not playing as much. It's going to be a lot of, of Bam facilitating once again. We talked about that in the playing game as well. I just like what he can bring to the table as, as a facilitator, and he did – Average 12 and a half boards, those two, without Giannis in there. So if Giannis isn't fully healthy or he's out, this definitely going to be a little bit easier to rebound against Milwaukee, and that's why I trust Bam to get a double-double. Yeah, the, the double-double is uh, pretty good juice for him, for sure. Obviously, uh, the Bucks are a difficult team to rebound against, but I continue to like the fact that this is a si similar situation to what um, Bam was facing when he played the Hawks, and he played Clint Capella, who's also much taller and longer than he is, similar to Brolo, uh, and as a result, you know, not a really good matchup for him to be standing too close to the basket. As a result, standing at the, uh, the extended foul line and, and above is a great place for him to be passing to those guys cutting or waiting for, you know, guys to cut through the lane, take away that space down low and, and suck in the defense towards the basket. Now you've got open shooters for, for Bam who can pass from the foul line either way. Um, so I, I think it's a pretty good spot for him. And I'm just going to segue right into uh, Gabe Vincent, who we've been sort of just like dancing around talking about him because he is the starting point guard and the biggest benef beneficiary of Tyler hero, not playing over the course of this season um, as his stats just balloon without him in the game. So you're not getting great juice here on the points at nine and a half, um, which I'm going over and I am going to throw probably about a unit and a half on that at minus 122 on FanDuel. but I'm also going to sprinkle a little bit on the 15 plus points for Gabe Vincent, which I found on FanDuel as well for plus 380 on that one. Um, let's get good for at least half a unit on that one because uh, that's what he averages without Tyler Hero this season in 33 minutes per game. Um, and that's over the course of about 18 games this year that he's played without Tyler Hero doing super well. Two of those games were against the Milwaukee Bucks that he played without Tyler Hero. And those those were full roster games. Like there was nobody really missing. Maybe Chris Middleton didn't play in one of those, but like both teams were playing and trying to win in the month of January uh, in that in those two games. And he averaged 27 and a half points in 41 minutes in those games. So do with that what you will. Um, I, I'm going to say that I, I think his his Prop is still very low. Feel very good about the nine and a half points, but the usage rate also goes up to 20%, uh, 20% uh, when Hero is not in the game. It's only at 15 when Hero is playing with him and obviously about nine less minutes a game as well. But he basically gets nine points a game whether Hero is playing or not. So if you're saying he only needs one more to get over his prop in this game, I'm going to take that and I'm going to juice it to get it to about four to one on my money uh, because I do expect him to continue to do what he did in, in the first game, which was also against uh, Milwaukee, uh, obviously for 15 points uh, in that one and a bunch of assists in 33 minutes. If you want him to get 
uh, three threes as well. That's up to plus 190 on DraftKings, um, which I know is a good amount, but he did hit that in the first game as well. Uh, went four for five from deep. And if he's going to be taking, he took five threes in a game that Hero played 20 minutes and had four threes himself. So you do the math. I think he's going to get at least a couple more three-point attempts. Uh, if he needs to go three for seven from three for me to get close to two to one of my money to take that, also feeling pretty good about that bet for Mr. Vincent tonight. Yeah, I would tread lightly with the 15-plus or anything above these yeah. totals. Um, I mean, Kyle Lowry didn't play in either of those Milwaukee games in January. He's also questionable tonight, so we don't know how much of a go he's going to be. But there's a chance that the usage without Hero does go more to Lowry or Struess. I mean, Vincent has been a really low-usage guy when he's gotten in there with Lowry out most of the year. And 9, 10 points is is pretty much where he's at average-wise, so... I would look more to to chase the minutes and again add rebounds assists in this game because I just I don't trust a lot of a lot of scoring and I'm hoping for that under. Well, I agree. I think you can hope for the under with guys like Jimmy Butler not getting 29 points uh, in this game where the focus, I think, will be a little bit more on, on he and Bam. Um, and I don't think it'll go towards Gabe Vincent at this point where like Tyler Hero's attention that he was getting from the Bucks. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be directed back towards Gabe Vincent. So Struess is at 13 and a half points. Also like that, he also is a giant beneficiary of, of Hero not being in there. Maybe you like the rebounds for Mr. Struess as well, who always surprises us when you give him the minutes at how good of a rebounder he is uh so both angles i like um but yeah i think Struce to or excuse me gave vincent to do something that he's done three of the last four times that he's played milwaukee and all three times uh were without tyler hero playing i feel pretty good about him getting the 15 as well so uh, with the juice either way gonna be a pretty interesting game if not a lot of points so that is all the time we have for you please make sure to like and subscribe to that page continue to follow along check out our best bets video as well and we're coming back to you each and every weekday so until we see you next Happy betting.